on, let's worship him tonight. Let's praise him like he's already done a miracle in this house tonight. God, I thank you for what you're going to do in this house tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we come to praise him. So we come to praise him. So we come to praise him and live his holy name. So we come to praise him. We come to praise him. We've come to praise him and live his holy name. Oh, make a joyful noise. A joyful noise to the Lord. We've come to praise the Lord. Say, what we have changed, we've come to praise Him. We've come to praise Him. Say, we've come to praise.
greet four or five people around us. Now let's get to know each other a little better. Thanks. Thanks. I give you
Let's give him thanks for what he's done. Thank you, Jesus, for pouring out your spirit. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for what you've done to this point. Hallelujah, Jesus, we praise you. We give you the glory. We give you all honor. Hallelujah to your great name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Are you thankful for what God's done it? junior camp this year thus far amen i'm thankful for the kids that have been touched amen i'm thankful for the fun we've had but it's not over yet amen the choir's getting ready to sing amen come on choir let's get ready amen we're thankful for everybody that is here amen if you're from out of town we're so appreciative that you made the drive that you believe in children amen if somebody didn't believe in me when i was little where would we be? You know, where would I be? Where would we all be? If somebody didn't believe in us when we were little, amen, we wouldn't be here today, amen. And I'm thankful for every parent, every friend, every pastor, everybody that's here. We're so thankful that you all are here, amen. Amen, they're just kids here, but we're all kids, amen. So we're not, they're not just putting on a show, amen. We're not, we're not just here to watch them sing, but we're here to worship. Amen. We've got a camp photographer. They'll take the pictures. Amen. Let's, the rest of us, let's worship the Lord as they sing. I mean, I believe God is going to move in a mighty way tonight. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's let the Lord have his way. Amen.
Holy Ghost. Amen. Last night, there were several that received the Holy Ghost for the first time. Praise God. Amen. I don't know who all got it, but you know what? God does. And when you get home, your pastor will know who, who got it. Well, praise God. All you campers, stand up. Come on, stand up. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you got the Holy Ghost, stand up. Praise God. Amen, 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 amen. We're going to hear from the Lord tonight. Amen. I'm thankful. Amen for the worship. I'm thankful for the prayers. Amen. Last night, tonight, before church, young people were in here praying. Amen. It's the key to having a walk with God. Amen. It's a key to keeping your walk with God. Hallelujah. Amen. You can't just come to church and sing songs. You got to pray. You got to worship. You got to have preaching. Hallelujah. Hey, you even have to amen the preacher. Say, preacher, I want that in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. We, we heard last night from God. Amen, that our God is still great. I said our God is still great. Amen, the world, their gods, they die off. They either run out of money or they have so much money that their money can't help them. But my God that I serve, he fills me with the Holy Ghost. He gives me the greatest gift, young people. He gives me the greatest gifts. He gives me the Holy Ghost. Amen. But the gifts of God, amen, are without repentance. God doesn't say, hey, give that back. When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, he gives it to you. He says, here, I'm going to put my spirit in you. My hand's on your life. Well, praise God. Amen. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, when Brother Montez is done preaching tonight, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the way you receive the Holy Ghost is you repent of your sins. Ask God to forgive you. And you lift your hands up and you begin to worship God. And you begin to thank God for the Holy Ghost. And Isaiah 28 and 11 says, For with stammering lips and another tongue, when you feel your lips begin to, the Holy Ghost begins to take control. And when the Holy, we don't seek to speak in tongues, we seek the Holy Ghost. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, you will speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. And your tongue will begin to speak. It'll be a language. There's, 
there's so many people in the United States that speaks multiple languages. They speak English, Spanish, all types of Asian tongues. Man, if you went through this congregation tonight, there's no telling how many different languages are spoken right here in this, in this congregation. But when the Holy Ghost takes control, it begins to speak. Amen. And so tonight when the preaching is finished, come up here and lift your hands and you begin to weep and cry before God and let the Holy Ghost have control. When you feel the Holy Ghost begin to take control of your tongue, just let it flow. Don't worry about what it sounds like. Just say, okay, God, here I am. I'm yours. Praise God. Oh, let's worship the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen. We want Brother Montez to come. We are so thankful that he's here. Amen. Did he preach good last night? Amen. Everyone say, preach to us, Brother Montez. I used to sing that song in choir. We said he's all over me and he's keeping me alive. How many are thankful for the Holy Ghost and fire? You may be seated for a few moments tonight. <clears throat> it is truly an honor to feel the presence of God. This doesn't happen everywhere. What we feel in this place right now doesn't happen by accident. And before we get into preaching and move too far, I want to recognize all of the people that have sacrificed and given of your time and your finances and so much hard work to make this junior camp happen. And your labor of love is seen by God. And it's seen by us. And when God pours out his spirit like he did last night, it is just a reminder that God sees and he's rewarding the worship and the sacrifice of people that put into this camp. And so Pastor Carriker and Sister Carriker and all of those that uh, are with you and support you and, and get involved, I want to say thank you. And if, you, if you're thankful tonight, why don't you just clap your hands and show them how thankful we are. That there's still people that have a burden to see children filled with the Holy Ghost and touched by God and experience this great God that we serve. Amen. I, uh, I feel a unique message tonight. It may not make a whole lot of sense as we move through but like I, I told some of the people that were here last night if you want to hear some well crafted theological dissertation you might want to go home and listen to your pastor preach and then I told them if you are the pastor of your church you're just going to have to replay your own messages because tonight we have a unique opportunity to reveal Jesus to children and to do that, to be effective on that, we have to get down on their level and talk to them in ways that they understand. And so while I'm sharing some of the stories that I'm going to tell them tonight, I want 
you here tonight, if you're an adult, I don't want you to get bored or think that I'm just trying to entertain them. I want you to plug in to what the Holy Ghost is trying to do. And when we get to the end of this message tonight, you'll see that God wants to touch these children. Amen. Uh, let's stand for the reading of the Word of God. John chapter 4 and verse number 21. We're going to read 21 through 24. John chapter 4 and verse number 21. I'll begin reading and you can follow along when you find it there. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what, but we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And tonight I'm going to talk to us all about this simple subject, and it's just what God is looking for. What God is looking for. And so let's pray. If you'd lay your Bibles down and right now open up your heart. We feel the Holy Ghost here, and we've we felt the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost, and we've been ushered into the presence of God, and we've danced and we've shouted, but God wants to take us a little bit deeper level tonight and reveal himself to us. So why don't we spend a little time opening up our hearts and being sensitive to the move of the Spirit tonight. Jesus, we love you and we're thankful that we feel you here. God, we know that there's a lot of things going on around us, but we're grateful and thankful tonight that you've decided to show up in this place and to let us be in your presence, Lord. We pray tonight that as we move through this service, you would reveal yourself to us, God. That you would touch every heart from the, from the youngest child to the one that is the oldest in this building, God. We pray you would touch all of our hearts and that none of us would leave here unchanged and untouched. And that none of us would leave here without an experience with you tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. You may be seated. <laughs> so, I'm going to do like I did last night and just kind of get down here and talk to you and share some stories with you. Okay? Um, I'll start with this one. I'm going to share some Bible stories. And, and what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to try to uh, reveal to you or tell you how powerful your praise and your worship to God is. Okay. So I'll start with this one. There was a king in the Bible. His name was Jehoshaphat. Can you spell that? Want to try? All right. Try, try. He said, what's the word again? It's a hard name to remember. And if you spelled it right, I wouldn't be able to tell you because I don't remember how to spell it. 
but he was a king uh, over Judah, and um, there was a time that there was enemies that surrounded him. There was three or four different armies that surrounded him and his, his land and his people. And I don't know about you all, but when I've been in fights before, um, you know, the answer is usually not to just sit there and do nothing. So he's trying to find out, God, what am I supposed to do about these armies that are camped against me? <laughs> so he prays and um, they, they talk to God and, and he does something that's kind of doesn't make sense when you think about this because when I was in uh, a couple fights as a kid, I don't fight anymore because I've got the Holy Ghost, but... But when I was a kid, you know, growing up, you boys just fight with each other. I don't, I don't know. And uh, I've never won a fight by just singing at somebody. Like, hey, leave me alone. <laughs> or I'm going to tell your parents on you. I have never, ever, ever seen anybody win a fight by just singing at their enemy. I've never seen it happen. Um, but Jehoshaphat did that. He assembled a choir, put a choir together like the kids' choir was up here tonight. They're singing, let the Holy Ghost and fire fall on me. And so he put together a choir like you guys were singing tonight. And they <coughs> went up against these armies and they, they began to sing they begin to worship and they begin to praise uh, their God. And when God heard their worship and their praise, he was moved and he set ambushments against the enemy. And the Bible says that he helped the enemy to defeat one another. And so the enemy started, they were originally going to fight one guy. But when God started moving, they started fighting each other. And that king didn't even have to fight those armies because God heard their worship and their praise and he honored that and he fought the battle for them. <clears throat> and then there's another story. You might, you might know this one. Um, Joshua, when he was at the city of Jericho and the Lord told him that this land belongs to them and so they were trying to figure out a way that they could capture this city. And you probably know the song, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. When I was a kid, my brother-in-law, Brother Mitchell Elder, used to have a different version of that song. He said, Joshua fought the battle of Cherry Coke, <laughs> Cherry Coke. I guess he's a Pepsi guy. I don't know. We'll, we'll just pray for him. The Holy Ghost converts him. In Jesus' name. <laughs> But you probably heard that story a few times in Sunday school or maybe even at church. How usually, you know, when they would go to fight these battles, they would go in with spears and swords and shields and horses and chariots. And they would go and they would take over a city. <clears throat> but this time God told them, I want you to walk around the walls and be silent. Be quiet. Every time you walk around, once a day. So the first day, they went and walked around. I need a volunteer really quick. Who wants to help me? I picked a lot of people from over here the other day. Let me come this way. Let me come this way. Who did I choose yesterday? Let me see. All right, 
Let, come help me right here. All right, we're just going to just stand right, just actually come right here in the middle. Ready? Ready? Let's see. Let's see. All right, this is going to represent the walls of Jericho. All right, just imagine. It's, I mean, these are like huge. This is big enough for chariots to race on. Just use your imagination here, okay? Imagination station. Here we go. All right, for six days, I want you to walk around the, the walls of Jericho here and uh, be quiet, ready, until the first day she goes, and then one time around and then just stop. Boom, there's the first day. Okay, second day. Be quiet, be quiet, just walk around. Stop. And then they all went to sleep. Third day. Look, it feels kind of awkward, right? Like everyone's just kind of like, okay. <laughs> Fourth day. Well, we're going to do all seven. Don't worry. We're going to do all seven days. All right, fourth day. Pew, stop. Nothing's happening, right? Fifth day. Pew. They walk around this city. And it was huge. It wasn't like walking around this, this water bottle right here. This city was huge. And they had to walk around it every day, once a day. All right, did we do the fifth day or the fourth day? Fifth day, all right. You guys are paying attention. Thank you. Sixth day. <clears throat> and nothing is happening to the walls of Jericho. Now, you're sitting here and it's kind of awkward already. And we've been doing this for like two minutes. <laughs> so just imagine what these people felt like when they had to do this every day day for six days and then on the seventh day this is a special one they had to walk around seven times ready walk around seven times quiet let's see one all right a little bit faster two she's gonna get dizzy three four twenty one i mean five six Seven, stop. Now on the seventh day and the seventh time, what did the Lord tell them to do? Shout. Let me hear your best shout. shout. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That might not have been a good idea. All right, you can sit down. Oh, she's got money in her name tag. Ooh, Lord. Now, what, what kind of sense does that make to just walk around the walls of Jericho day after day after day after day with no swords and no shields and no weapons of war? <clears throat> but on the seventh day, on the seventh time, they were instructed to blow the trumpets and to shout for the victory. And when they did, those walls fell down flat. Now, don't do that in church. I have special privilege. <laughs> but God saw the obedience of his people. And when they shouted for the victory, he gave them victory that they couldn't have won on their own. And so your praise and your worship is powerful. When God sees you worship. When God sees you praising him and walking with him and obeying him, he will show up and give you victory that you may not be able to win on your own. 
There's some more. Let's see. <clears throat> How many of you have heard of Paul and Silas? Paul and Silas. I bet you there's some boys named Silas in here tonight. <clears throat> so Paul and Silas, they were in a prison, right? They were in prison because they were preaching the name of Jesus Christ. And they had been beaten and they were in prison and they were locked in chains. <clears throat> and instead of complaining and crying, oh, they're so mean to me. <clears throat> Paul and Silas decided to praise and to sing. And you know the story, right? They were in that prison cell and they began to pray. Maybe they were singing songs like, Holy Ghost and fire fall on me. Maybe they were singing songs of praise like you guys sang in the choir tonight. And all of a the sudden, they began to feel the ground shake. And their, the handcuffs that they were bound with broke and they fell off. But it wasn't just them. It was everybody else in the prison. As the doors opened and everybody's bands were loose because they were hearing Paul and Silas pray and worship God. And so there is power when you praise and you worship. And, and tonight, you know, I know we're here for junior camp, but maybe there's some adults in here who's sitting in, in, in a situation and you don't know what to do and it feels like you're all bound up, but there's power when you praise and when you worship God. All right, so how many of you have ever lost anything before? Like something really important, really important. All right, what'd you lose that was super important? I freeze sometimes too. A lot of things, yeah. Yeah, what, what'd you lose? Money. Money. Oh, man, that is the worst. You lose like 5, 10, 20, 50 bucks. Oh, my goodness. I'll be pulling over every couch cushion and under the bed and looking through all the toys. You ever lost anything before? Super important. Something. What'd you lose? Your pets, I've done that before. Yeah, that's sad. So one, I had a dog one time. His name was Mater, and he ran away. And I looked for this dog for two hours. I got in my car and I drove around the whole neighborhood. 10 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, hour and a half, two hours. And I couldn't find him. And I was sad. So I went home, I couldn't find him. It was a Saturday night. We woke up Sunday morning to get ready for church. And my wife heard somebody scratching at the door, so she went and opened it. And that crazy dog had went out all night Saturday night and then found his way back home on Sunday morning. But I know what it's like to lose something that you love. And you just want to find it more than anything. Um, this one was bad. A few months ago, we were on vacation. and <clears throat> We went to... Um, the ocean out in California and we had rented a car right so we flew on an airplane and then we got there we rented a car and we were driving that around well, they only gave us one set of keys for the car mm, you already know where this is going right <clears throat> so we were on the beach in California and we were walking back and forth and playing in the water and we covered a lot of ground and then it came time to go. And we were like, okay, let's get ready. We grabbed our stuff. We were getting ready to go back. And I was like, and I couldn't find the keys to the car. So.
So how long were we there? Hour and a half, two hours looking for the keys? So the kids, they were happy, you know, because they were sad that we were going to have to leave. And then when we told them we couldn't find the keys, they just kept playing. They were happy, but I was, I was panicking. <clears throat> so the first hour goes by, and I'd walked. I tried to trace my steps in the sand to see. Maybe I can see where I dropped the keys. Couldn't find them. So about an hour went by, and I was, I was panicking, man. And I called, the, I called the rental company, and they said, well, we can probably get somebody there, but it's going to be about $250 if you can't find the key. And I was like, oh, my goodness, because, you know, we went on a budget because I ain't there yet, you know. Well, I just have unlimited cash, just, just enough to put it in my name badge. And so, so I was like, man, this is $250 that I did not budget for. And I knew that it was going to cut into other things if I had to pay that money for the keys. So I'm like, oh, so you better believe we were praying Oh, God, you carry about every prayer, big and small. You know, when you're in trouble, you'll pray some unique prayers. God, I know that you know exactly where these keys are. You know, I mean, you, you count every hair on our head. And for me, it's easy, but you know exactly where these keys are. If you'll, if you'll, you said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord or Lord, direct my steps straight to those keys. And I couldn't find them. I said, baby, are they in the, check your backpack, see if they're in there. So she opened up the backpack and looked through them, nothing. <clears throat> Checked the front pouch, nothing. Hour and a half. And I'm like, oh, man. So I called them again. Hey, you're just going to have to send somebody out here with a replacement key. And they said, well, we can be there in maybe two or three hours. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. So I'm like, man, God, you got to give us these keys. You know, I know you can do all things. We're walking. We're walking. Two hours. We're walking. <clears throat> we're, the kids are just having a great time, and mom and dad are stressed out. And we're walking, and we can't find them. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> my wife, you know, she looks over at me real nice and sweet. She goes, honey, like, Lord, please tell me she found these keys. She said, I found the keys. And I was like, Yes! Yes! Like, where did you find them? I walked all over the place. Where'd you find these keys? She said, oh, they were in the backpack. <laughs> no, I did not yell at her when I found out they were in the backpack. I was thankful, and I called the place and said, hey, we found the keys. Don't worry about it. Cancel that. We're going to go to SeaWorld, and we got to have this 250 bucks, you know. So... So I know what it's like to lose something that, that, that's valuable to you. And the unique thing about that story is what we were looking for was so close. It was so close to where we were. And we thought we'd looked in that backpack. We th I mean, I think I even looked at it. But, I mean, I'm telling you, unless God did a miracle and grabbed him from the ocean and put him in the backpack, we just, we just missed it. We missed it, and it was right there the whole time. Um, a few, maybe a year or two ago. I don't know if Kansas it was like this, but in Colorado, we went through a shortage of a lot of things. That just means there's something that you're looking for that you can't find. You know, it's just not available. 
<coughs> was things like gas. You know, certain gas stations didn't have gasoline available to put in the car. So, you know, we'd, we'd get texts like, hey, there's gas over on the station over there on 29th Street or whatever, you know. If you go to the, the quick shop or the loafing jug up the street, they have gas today. And uh, so, you know, we went through that. There was even a shortage of toilet paper. Yeah, that's the worst, you know, because toilet paper cures COVID, I think. It's like my pastor always says, you know, when he's preaching about getting over the, your fears. And he says, you know, all of America's hiding under their be bed behind a fort of toilet paper. <laughs> I'm telling you, we went to, I had a family member that, you know, they were getting prepared, you know, because the world was going to end. We went over their house and in their garage, it was just stacked with boxes of toilet paper and paper towels and cases of water. I'm like, well, you're the reason we can't find anything. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a bad time if you don't have toilet paper. And there was a shortage of things, you know. We couldn't find everything that we were looking for. We'd go to the grocery store to try to find meat to, to supply the house. And there was, the steaks would be gone and the packs of chicken would be gone. And it got so bad that like warm-up dinosaur chicken nuggets... We're not stocked. Now, when you don't have dinosaur chicken nuggets, my kids thought the world was ending. I'm telling you, I mean, we, we would try to find stuff and it'd be gone. And we'd be thinking, why? Why can't we find the stuff that used to be in, you know, just stacked on the shelves? Before you could walk into the store and there would be so many things to choose from. But now that we're walking through this time, you know, everyone's panicking and buying everything off the shelves and you go to look for it and you can't find what you're looking for. And maybe you don't understand exactly what that feels like, but when you're a parent of, and you're trying to take care of your kids, sometimes you get worried like, man, I wonder if we, we're going to be able to find milk or cereal or baby formula. And so you get kind of nervous like, man, I need to find this. So you go to one store and they don't have it and you check the other store and they don't have it. Maybe... Maybe you find that one store that finally has what you're looking for, and that feeling's nice. Like, when you lost that money, did you find it? Did you ever find that money? Oh, man. But when you find something that you thought was lost, and you finally find it, you know what that feels like? Have you ever found something that was lost before? You ever found something you lost? Yeah, usually it's right where your mom and dad told you it was, right? <laughs> I remember when I'd lose things and my mom, you know, my mom would try to solve the problem. So she would say, well, son, where's the last place that you had it? I'm like, mom, if I knew the last place that I had it, I wouldn't be looking for it. But that feels good when you finally find something that you're looking for, right? So about a couple years ago, I was looking for, hmm, how should I describe this? I was looking for a lead projectile that's set in a brass case that has about 180 grains of powder inside of the brass case. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about, okay? It was Nerf bullets.
You guys like Nerf guns? Yeah, I like Nerf guns. We bought, we bought my son some Nerf guns for Christmas and birthdays and all kinds of stuff. And he, he shoots me at the worst times. Like, I'll be trying to focus on something. And then it's like, ding! I'm like, okay, I did this to myself, but still, don't shoot me with a Nerf gun. So some of you, some of you might, maybe here in Kansas, it was it hard to find ammunition here for a while? Yeah, it was, it was tough. And uh, I'm not even going to talk about how much I pay for this now. You know, 45 ACP is like selling your firstborn to get a box of 50. But, I mean, that's a real man's gun, but I'm not going to say nothing about that. But I was looking for, for 9 millimeter ammunition. Now, this might be a little bit above what you understand, but you may, you may hear the story and understand what I'm talking about. So I'm looking for this ammunition, okay? I can't find it anywhere. All the stores in my city were sold out. And I'd call them every Tuesday because that's when they get the shipment. Hey, did you get any today? Nothing. And I'm like, man, I got to find some of this. I think I had like maybe a couple boxes. And I was like, I got to find some of this, you know. So I'd go to the stores and nothing. I'd go to the next city and look at their stores. And I could not find it anywhere. I'd check every day. I'd get online and Google like, hey, how, where can I find this? Is there any online stock? And everything was sold out. I couldn't find it. Months, months went by and I couldn't find this. And I, you know, I have a friend that has a lot of ammunition. So I'd ask him, hey, man, just sell me a couple boxes. He's like, nope. <laughs> and it's the same guy that had all the toilet paper. But <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to find this thing that I really, 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 really want. And I can't find it anywhere. So one day I was pheasant hunting out in, uh, it was a Friday. I was pheasant hunting out in Colorado. I'd been walking the field all day long. I was tired. I was driving home and it was dark. I was out. I was by myself driving home. It was a two-lane highway. And I was getting tired. So I'm like, I'm going to stop somewhere and just grab something to drink and get back on the road. So I'm looking for a store. And the only place I could find was a big R. And so I walked into the big R. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm going to find something to drink. And I walked in. And as soon as I walked through the doors, I looked to my left-hand side and it was like the gates of heaven opened. Ooh. I mean, that's a little exaggeration, but there was the, the shelves were stacked full of nine millimeter ammunition. And I was, I forgot what I went to the store for. I just, you know, I walked right up there and I grabbed, I grabbed this and there was a sign that said, said two boxes per customer per day. I'm like, well, I'm going to break that rule today because I need this. So I grabbed two boxes, and I went to the, the cash register, and I paid. I said, listen, if I go outside and I just, you know, put on a hat and I come back in, am I a different customer? And, and she was nice. The cashier said, you know what? We're only able to ring up two at a time, but you can come and just do this. So I was like, cool. Bought two boxes. Put them in the car. Went back in. Bought two more boxes. Put them in the car. Went back in. Bought two more boxes. Put them in the car. Went back in. Bought two more boxes. Put them in the car. Like the fifth time in, I looked over and I realized there was another guy that was doing the same thing I was. But he was walking fast. 
like he would he would walk in buy one before before my first trip was done and he'd be back in so i'm like all right i got to get some before this guy buys it all so i speed it up i'm buying it i'm buying it i'm buying it i'm buying it i finally asked for a big box so i didn't have it just sitting all over my front seat and uh i went in there i don't know maybe 16 times i don't know it was a lot and then I, as I'm walking in on that last time, I heard, you know, everyone at the, at the counters on the radios. And they're like, we've got guys walking. They're just walking the store. Circles, they're just making circles and buying as much as they want. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> last trip. I'm telling you, Brother Carriker, I would have bankrupted my account. I would have spent all of my money because I finally found something that I was looking for. I finally found it and and so I got back in the car and I went home and the next day we had a meeting at the church it was a planning session for the church and I walked in and they had these cool little curbs set up and they had verses scripture verses spray painted on them and where I sat down across the table there was one that said John 4 24 and I'm like I know that verse <clears throat> no God is a spirit they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So I, I got on my Bible app and I scrolled back to the verse before. <clears throat> and it says that the hour cometh and now is when the Father is looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And the Holy Ghost began to speak to me. Because... This was the night before that I finally found what I was looking for. The Holy Ghost began to talk to me and said, do you remember how bad you wanted to find what you were looking for? Do you remember the desperation and all of the calls and all of the stores that you visited? All of the places you went to try to find what you were looking for. And he said, when you finally found it, what did that feel like? And when you found it, how many times would you have gone back to the same place to just keep getting more and more and more of what you were searching for? And he began to talk to me about relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if God is searching and seeking and looking for something, that must mean that it's not available everywhere. That must mean that what God is looking for maybe isn't as common or easy to find as we think it is. And God is looking in this church tonight, down the rows and down these, down these pews, at every child and every teenager, and every adult here tonight, and he's looking and he's searching and he's saying, is there anybody is there anyone here? Is there anybody here that still will worship me in spirit and in truth? Brother Ethan, would you come play some music for me, please? So here's the thing about being a worshiper. You can be tall or you can be short. You can have blonde hair or black hair or brown hair or no hair. You can be skinny, or you can be not skinny. The th God's not looking 
on the outside tonight. God's not really concerned with what color your skin is and what color your hair is and how tall you are or how short you are. God is looking at each and every one of us at our hearts. And he's, he's looking tonight. And he's looking and he's saying, will you be a worshiper? And he's looking down these rows and saying, will you be a worshiper? Will you be the tough guy at the junior camp that's too cool to worship and praise? Or will you be the one that's too concerned with how you're dressed and what it looks like? Or will you be the one that's not afraid and not ashamed to be a worshiper? I'm telling you tonight that there's a lot of things that I could preach to you. I could talk to you about the oneness of God. The revelation of the mighty God in Christ. How powerful he is. And I could talk to you about the Holy Ghost and fire. And I could tell you about the doctrines of the church and separation and living holy. But all that will come around. And you'll get a revelation of all of that if you make up your mind to be a worshiper of Jesus Christ. Because the more time that you spend in the presence of God... He's going to reveal himself to you. And he's looking tonight. Maybe he's gone to a couple churches and, and he's looking at this city and he's saying, you know, these people, they, they, they praise, but, but they don't worship in spirit and in truth. And maybe he's looking at, you know, the city next to us and he's gone and he's gone to the city over there and he hasn't found what he's looking for. And then he's here tonight at Royal Kids Junior Camp. And he's looking at these children. And he's just asking, will you be a worshiper? Will you be a worshiper of me? And he's looking and he's, he's trying to find somebody. He's trying to find somebody that will worship him and praise him. Let's stand tonight. Tonight, it, it doesn't really matter how old you are or how young you are. And it really doesn't matter if you remember anything that I've said to you in the last couple of days. What really matters is tonight, are you going to have an experience with God? Because you may forget what I say, but you'll never forget when you experience Jesus Christ. And tonight, God's looking. Is anybody's heart sensitive? I was watching last night as these children prayed and there's a few of them, Pastor Carriker, that didn't really know what to say or what to pray and so they were standing there just silent and, and I felt like telling you tonight, it's this easy. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I love you and I need you. I want you to fill me with the Holy Ghost. I want you to touch my heart. I want to be a worshiper. God, you don't have to go. You don't have to go looking anywhere else because I'm here tonight and I'm going to be a worshiper. 
And if you feel like worshiping tonight, why don't you make your way up towards the front right now? Let's come and let's pray. And it's, it's really simple and it's very easy to just lift your hands and talk to God. Is God going to find what he's looking for tonight? Is he going to find a young lady that will love him? Is he going to find a young lady that will walk with him and live for him? Is he going to find a teenage young man tonight that will love him and worship him? Come on, he's looking right now and he's searching. He's searching the hearts. Is there anybody here tonight that'll worship him in spirit and in truth? Is there anybody that'll close their eyes and release their worship to him tonight? on that's it right now let your heart be sensitive to the moving of the spirit right now 